the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Weekday evenings on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. It's 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. Host Daryl Wood brings you the day's news and trending topics as only he can with a unique blend of conservative opinion, constitutionalism, and thought-provoking analysis. Join the conversation. 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. A daily look at the news in a way you won't hear anywhere else. Tune in to 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. Or stream at PatriotDetroit.com. You are in, in what part of the country? <laughs> Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578, to be on the air with Pastor Emery Moss, once again, on the Bible Talk program. That's right. If you don't have your Bible, go and get it. The name of the program is Bible Talk, where we deal with theology, systematic theology, that is, hermeneutics, apologetics, Christian living, anything, anything that is on your mind, as long as it is biblical. We welcome you to the program. And also, as always, our special guest on Thursday, my mentor, uh, Mr. Jerome Smith. How are you doing, Mr. Smith? Very well, Pastor Moss, and we've got a full program tonight, so I hope people are ready to look in their Bibles and learn something new, and uh, it'll help them in their witnessing to others and understanding how to approach those who are from altogether different faiths than the Christian faith. Well, that definitely is our, is, our, is our goal, to make clear what Christian doctrine is. And so we very much appreciate uh, you and the subject that you're going to be dealing with uh, today. Uh, so, uh, in fact, I say it's 30 minutes of intense study. So <laughs> I don't want to take away from any of your, of your time. You told me that you were going to be dealing with, uh, with John, the Gospel of John, Chapter 8, I believe, dealing with I, the I Am expression. Yes, indeed. I'm going to get to that if the clock doesn't run too fast. (laughs) But I thought I would share with the audience and you my response on a website on Facebook called Christianity and Islam Friendly Debate. Okay. So here's what I wrote, and I think I put enough context in my comment so that everybody will understand by, by the end of my comment what's going on. I said, the idea that Jesus did not speak in Greek is mistaken. 
And if you look in the new treasury of scripture knowledge, should you have one, you'll see the linguistic evidence in some notes in uh, Matthew chapter 16 on that. I didn't put that in my comment because these folks don't know I'm an author of the new treasury, I don't suppose. But anyway, the idea that Jesus did not speak in Greek is mistaken. There are figures of speech used in the New Testament which depend upon the fact that the words spoken are not translation Greek, but were spoken and written originally in Greek. And by the way, that proves that the original text of Matthew was not written in Aramaic. It is clear from the New Testament record that Jesus was multilingual. Now, that may be new to some folks, but Peter was multilingual. He had to speak Greek in order to conduct his fishing business. Remember where they were up in uh, Lake of Galilee and to the uh, northern shore and area there. They did business with people who were not Jews, and they spoke Greek. Anyway, the premise of this discussion thread is stated in the opening post, and here's the issue. Jesus himself never said he was God because he was not God. He said, God is not a man, but our Lord, our God is one Lord. But it was other people who preached that Jesus was God, close quote. And then I say that that's that's fallacious because it employs the exact words fallacy. Did Jesus directly say, I am God? No such words are recorded in the New Testament. Did Jesus demonstrate by his words and actions that he is not merely human but divine, such that Bible-believing Christians believe in the deity of our Lord Jesus Christ? Absolutely, yes. (laughs) Technically, Jesus never said, God is not a man, but those words are found in the Bible. It's in the book of Numbers. In context, those words had no reference whatsoever to the idea of God being a human in any physical sense. In context, God was declaring that though men may tell lies, he is God never lies and, in fact, cannot lie. Uh Uh-huh, that's correct. Those who knew our Lord Jesus Christ most intimately are seen immediately after the crucifixion and subsequent bodily resurrection to both worship and pray to Jesus as God. These were disciples and immediate followers of Christ who were Israelites, Jews, Jews in good standing, by the way, not heretics. They were firmly Jewish. And if you read what Peter said when that sheet was uh, put down in front of him, he said he had never violated the dietary laws, and so on. Mm -hmm. But these Jews, who of all people in the world would hardly worship a mere human being, what changed their understanding of their Jewish faith to the extent that they now worshiped our Lord Jesus Christ as God? Anyone who has actually read the New Testament with discernment and careful attention and scholarly study will know the answer to my questions. There are one or more commenters in this discussion thread above that do show that they have studied some scholarship pertaining to these issues. But true scholarship must carefully take account of each of several sides of a controversial issue and present the strongest arguments of each of those sides fully and fairly before arriving at a conclusion of which side is correct. 
Uh It is a fallacy involving anachronistic thinking to suppose that anything the Koran might say about our Lord Jesus Christ has any bearing upon the issue of what the New Testament records teach. To suggest that that the writers of the New Testament change the message of our Lord Jesus Christ is sheer nonsense. (laughs) So that's what I told him, Pastor Moss. (laughs) Well, well, that sounds very reasonable to me, especially since uh, uh, if we talk about the Quran, it wasn't written until after the Old Testament and New Testament were both written. Yeah, 600 years after the time of the New Testament, I guess, something like that. Yeah, wow. Okay, now I want to shift gears and show you how to really have a firm, absolute answer to these folks, whoever they might be, that don't believe in the deity of Jesus Christ. Okay. And I'm starting at Genesis chapter 22, verse 15. And here we read, And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time. And I'm going to focus now on this concept of the angel of the Lord. Who is this angel of the Lord? Now, if you look at verse 16, Uh it says, And said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord. For because thou hast done this thing, and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, And then the next verse goes on to say that in blessing I will bless thee, and so forth. Uh All right, but look what happened here. Verse 15, the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven and said, going to verse 16, by myself. Who's speaking? The angel of the Lord is speaking. But then notice what he's called here, Seth the Lord. In the American Standard Version, and the Darby Version, and various other older English versions, it says, Seth Jehovah, for because thou hast done this thing, and so forth. So here, the angel of the Lord identifies himself as Jehovah. Okay, yeah, in verse 16. Yeah, now that being the case, that gets a whole lot of folks in trouble if they don't believe in the deity of Christ. Yeah, it's clear from the text. Now, the next text I'm going to just uh, read is uh, in Numbers 22:31. It says, "And the Lord, that's Jehovah, uh-huh. opened the eyes of Balaam, and he, that is Balaam, saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way, and his sword drawn in his hand." And he bowed his head and fell flat on his face. (laughs) But now you've got two different people on the same scene. Jehovah, then the Lord, opened the eyes of Balaam, and Balaam saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way. Uh Now, it doesn't say that the angel of the Lord opened his eyes. It says Jehovah did. And that will become more clear as we... Cover a couple more verses. Well, it'll be more than a couple, Pastor Moses. We've got several to look at. Okay, the yeah, angel of done. Jehovah appeared to Abraham and later to Gideon. In Genesis 22:11, it says, And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And then in Judges 6:22, we've got Gideon 
And when Gideon perceived that he was an angel, but the American Standard and the Darby translation render, he was the angel of the Lord, Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for because I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Now, point four. Might as well number them. I've already given you the first three. That angel is referred to as appearing in the form of a man, for he was one of three men that visited Abraham. And you read about that in Genesis chapter 18, verses 1 and 2, which say, And the Lord, that some older translations better translate that, I think, Jehovah, appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, and some versions tell you the oaks of Mamre, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. Of the day. And he, that's Abraham, lift up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground. So now you've got three men. And if you follow the context in Genesis chapter 18, on into chapter 19, you will find some very interesting things said about those three men. Two of those men are spoken of as angels. But one of those three men is called God, called the, and so on. And so that third one, so to speak, was not merely a man. He was something much greater than that. So I say in my point five here, throughout the following account, one of those three men is consistently and repeatedly referred to and addressed as Jehovah. Now we can even back up our context, go back to Genesis 17:1, where it says, and when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord, that is Jehovah, appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me, and be thou perfect. And we've already read Genesis 18.1, but I'll say it again. And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. Then we go to chapter 18, verses 13 and 14. And the Lord, that is Jehovah, said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I have a surety bear a child which am old? And then the answer is, or the Lord says anyway, is anything too hard for the Lord, that is Jehovah? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Verse 17 of Genesis 18 says, And Jehovah said, Shall I hide from Abraham the thing which I do? Verse 19 and 20. For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. And the Lord said, Because of the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because the sin is very grievous, and you know the rest of the story, uh, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah about to get zapped. Yeah, yeah. an understatement. <laughs> Yep. And uh, verse 22, and the men, these are those two men, 
turned their faces from thence and went toward Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord. Now, the Companion Bible has a note in its margin, as I recall, that says the original Hebrew text reads differently, even than the current text that's usually used, because the and said actually that the Lord stood before Abraham, which is an interesting twist. Yes. Verse 26 says, And the Lord said, If I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. But he couldn't even find 50 in that large city. Verse 3, and remember, <laughs> Abraham bargained down all the way down to 10, and they couldn't find 10, if you recall in the passage. It got very interesting. It sure did. Now, verse 33 from chapter 18, And the Lord went his way as soon as he had left communing with Abraham, and Abraham returned unto his place. Now, here's the corker, Pastor Moss, the next verse in my references here. Uh Genesis 19.24. Then the Lord, that's Jehovah, rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. But this Lord, you know, Abraham and the Lord were right there together when this happened, if I remember right, in the context. Yeah, and the three. Lord from heaven rained judgment down. So there's two Jehovahs on the same scene at the same time is what I'm getting at. Uh, okay. Now that's, so it's, uh, it's also as if it's uh, looking at the doctrine of the Trinity as well, huh? Yes. Well, we can go a little bit further. In those narratives, the angel of Jehovah or the angel of God is referred to as God in context. So I'll give you two verses. Genesis 17:1 says, And when Abram was 90 years old, the Lord appeared unto Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And Genesis 17:3, And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, Now, we already mentioned, but we'll say it again, there appeared on the same scene, at the same time, two Jehovahs, one on earth who had been walking and speaking with Abraham face to face, and one in heaven who administered judgment to Sodom and Gomorrah. Hmm. Now, we're going to jump to Exodus a little bit here for a moment. The angel of Jehovah is identified as Jehovah in Exodus chapter 6, verse 3, where this name is in contrast to El Shaddai. And it says, And I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, by the name of God Almighty, but by my name Jehovah I was not known to them. That's a verse you'd have to dig in a little deeper to see just exactly why that was said, but I think that it means that they didn't fully understand the covenant relationship that they had with Jehovah at that time. Uh, okay. Yeah. Now, so we already have shown that the angel of Jehovah is Jehovah. And let me go back to Exodus chapter 3 again and give you a little bit more. 
If you look at verse 1 from Exodus chapter 3, it says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. Verse 2, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush, of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the fire bush was not consumed. Uh And Moses said, verse 3, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. Verse 4, and when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. But notice up above it said the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire. But then down here it says, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush. That's right. So that identifies the angel of the Lord with God very specifically. And you remember Jesus quoted this passage or at least he referred to it very specifically in uh, Mark chapter 12. And it's all, it's all in all three Gospels, I think, but that's the one I keep in my memory as to where it is. Hmm. Yeah, now, right. when, do, you, do you see where we're kind of going with uh, this connection? I'm going to skip down a little ways further. And if I don't spot it in my notes, I'll just have to go off the top of my head. But let me show you what we've seen. And we'll have to go back and maybe cover some more of these passages. But it's interesting, if you read in John chapter 1, verse 18, that verse says, No man hath seen God at any time. Uh The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. And I say, the angel of Jehovah no longer appears after the incarnation of Christ. We can infer he now appears as the incarnate Christ. Okay. Both the angel of Jehovah and Christ are sent by the Father. Exodus 23, 20, behold, I send an angel in the American Standard Version says the angel, I believe before thee to keep thee in the way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. John twenty twenty one. then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. Now think about what happened in John, I believe it's chapter 8. They're very powerful stuff. Yeah, I'm going to read you two verses that I see the links to right here. John 8:56. Jesus said, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. That's right. So, so what is Jesus claiming? He's claiming to have been the angel of Jehovah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And that proves his deity. Uh-huh. And that proves that he had an eternal existence, because just like he said that before Abraham was, I am. Let me see if that's what my next link says. Yep, John eight fifty eight. Uh-huh. Jesus said unto them, verily I, verily I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. 
and, and you're right, and that's the same expression we see in Exodus 3.14. Yeah. Yep, wow, that's right. There's another case that you may not think of right away, but there's another case where Jesus was explicitly, well, he makes the claim that he was the one that was seen. Uh And let me see if I can scroll down. Yep, I've got it here. If you look in John chapter 12, verse 41, here's what it says. These things said Isaiah, in other words, Isaiah, when he saw his glory and spake of him. And that's a reference to Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 to 5. And that says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims, each one had six wings, with twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, and this is Isaiah speaking, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. So who's the king, the Lord of hosts, that he saw? (laughs) Jesus said, Isaiah saw him in John 12, 41. Uh That's right. So there you go, Pastor Moss. I think that proves the deity of Christ and a whole bunch more. You can fill that in. (laughs) Yeah. In fact, you know, uh, throughout the Bible, right, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, uh, it is amazing. Uh, It is amazing. So we actually have appearances of of, uh, Jesus uh, in the Old Testament, and uh, we see that the uh, the Bible uh, verifies the fact of who Jesus is all the way through from uh, Genesis to Revelation. Yeah, that's that's, yeah, that's right. And so you'll see people online saying the Bible contradicts itself because it says that no man has seen God at any time in John one eighteen, and then they'll pull up a verse from the Old Testament where people have seen God, and they say, see, it's a contradiction. No, it's not a contradiction because Jesus is God, and they saw Jesus, and that's not a contradiction. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and definitely God made, uh, uh, even uh, he uh, appeared to uh, Moses as well, but he uh, did not, his, not his full glory. Uh, I guess the Hebrew reads his backwards parts he saw. Yep. Yeah. So but to see God as he really is, in fact, we won't actually experience that until uh, uh, we're in heaven with the Lord. Yep, I that's right. Yeah. Well, I wonder, this is kind of a background and grounding, so if people understand the these scriptures that we've tried to share, they can see the claim that Jesus made, and we believe Jesus is who he said he is, and so the connections show that he is divine, and he is the second person of the Trinity, and he is God. Exactly. Uh, and, and yeah, and the, and the, one, uh, the verse that you read, where Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am, Jesus knew exactly what he was saying. Okay? Yeah. He was saying that he was God, that he was Jehovah. 
And that is why, uh, and on that, they, uh, they did have the right understanding that he was claiming to be who he was. And uh, they, of course, since they denied it, uh, uh, wanted to kill him, destroy him. Yeah. That's right. And there are only a few sins in the Old Testament, or whatever we want to call them, uh, that received the death penalty, and blasphemy is one of them, and that's what they accused Jesus of. Well, Mr. Smith, you've done it once again. Your 30 minutes is up, but you have told us all we need to know. Before Abraham was, I am, (laughs) that's Jesus, telling them uh, that he is God. Thank you very much, my friend. You get some rest. Your brain needs it. (laughs) Thank you, Pastor Moss, for letting me be on your program again. Okay, thank you. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life Life insurance to buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you. All you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-555-2085. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds too. Call 800-555-2085. 800-555-2085. There's nothing like hearing the songs you love on local radio with no subscriptions and no monthly fees. But there's a new bill in Congress that could stop the music. If passed, this bill would tax your local radio station simply to play the music you love. Text LOCAL to 52886 and ask Congress to support local radio stations. Help us keep you connected to the music, local news, weather, and traffic that you need each day. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Attention pastors, save the date. Thursday, April 28th is Faith Talk Detroit's Pastor Appreciation Luncheon, our free special event to honor and thank you for your service to the community. will be held at the San Marino Club. Register at faithtalkdetroit.com and enjoy fellowship, fantastic food, and inspiring insights from Abdu Murray, speaker, author, and president of Embrace the Truth International. Pastors, set aside time to join me, Abdu Murray, at Faith Talk Detroit's Pastor Appreciation Luncheon on Thursday, April 28th. I'm thrilled for the opportunity to celebrate with you and to hear and share messages of encouragement. Hope to see you there. Pastors, this event is just for you with uplifting words of empowerment and edification from your peers in ministry. Pastor Appreciation Luncheon is free for pastors, but you must register to attend. Visit faithtalkdetroit.com to reserve your ticket. Sponsored by A.J. Desmond & Sons Funeral Directors. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. It's quite likely He influences our lives each week, but few believers know much about Him. This week on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie brings us important insight on the Spirit's role in our daily lives. Important insight from Pastor Greg's series called Life, this week on A New Beginning. Tune in mornings at 10 on WLQV FM 92.7 and AM 1500.
that number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578, to be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss, welcoming you to the program, if you just tuned in. Some of you have been with us for the uh, first uh, half, and now we're in the second. And uh, Mr. Smith, we want to thank God for him giving us insight into the deity of Christ. And right now, I want to turn to another subject. There's something that has alarmed me, and it's in the area of eschatology. And what it has to do with is the mark of the beast. Uh, And we need to break down the facts about the mark of the beast. A lot of things I've heard, at first I heard it, and I couldn't believe it, that people were actually saying that the, uh, uh, the, the vaccine that we get uh, to, you know, guard us or protect us against the uh, uh, coronavirus is the mark of the beast. If you take that shot, you're taking the mark of the beast. And a person should have their choice whether or not maybe you should decide what goes into their body. But that's it's another thing to say that the vaccine is the mark of the beast. Because I have searched my Bible, and maybe some of you can help me, calling area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Henry Moss, and show me where in the Bible uh, that the mark of the beast has anything to do with uh, medicine, okay? That is where some people have gone. Now, so what I want to do, this is no doubt going to take more than one program, so tomorrow we'll be into this again. But uh, point number one, I'd like to say point number one, facts about the mark of the beast that I believe the Bible supports. Now, uh, unless the Bible supports it, then it can't be true, okay? So let's see what does the Bible say, okay? But first I'm going to give you the bullet points. Later on we're going to go through a biblical defense of it, okay? But number one, number one, the Antichrist mark, is identified with his person. That's right. The Antichrist mark is identified with his person. What that means to me is this, that there can't be a mark of the beast or the Antichrist until the Antichrist is here. Okay? Yeah. The Antichrist mark is identified with his person. That's what it's all about. The Antichrist is the one who establishes it, not the coronavirus and you know, some doctors, and no, no, it's, it's, if it's a mark of the beast, then the Antichrist is behind it, okay? So that's point number one, okay? Number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578, to be on the air, Bible talk with Pastor Henry Moss. Number two, it is a mark, I believe, the Bible teaches, if we look at the mark of the beast, and we will be looking at it biblically, yeah, uh, on this as well, but number two, it is a mark like a t- tattoo visible to the naked eye. It's a mark like a tattoo visible to the naked eye. So the mark of the beast, the way the Bible depicts it, I really believe, is a mark that you will be able to see, not a destination that you get in your arm. Okay? That is not the mark of the beast. No one sees it. You pull your sleeves down and for the little soreness that is there, but it's not the mark of the beast. But yet I've heard people, in fact, some ministers teaching that the vaccine is the mark of the beast. Uh, Where in the Bible can we find that? Number three, I believe the Bible teaches 
we'll be looking at this tomorrow, the mark will be on the person as opposed to in him. Okay? The Bible doesn't say anything about the mark being in you. It's going to be on you. Okay? So uh, that being the case, once again, it takes away from the validity of the argument that it's a vaccine that shoots medicine into your body. What has that got to do with the mark of the beast? I will learn. Regardless of what you think about the vaccine, it's your business, right? Okay. Uh, definitely, I'm against them forcing people to take it. I think people should have uh, a decision on what they do with their bodies. Uh, there are other health remedies that people might try to use. Yeah, I got that. Now, I might, for myself, I took the vaccine, yeah, all right? Uh, all the doses I'm going to take, yeah, I won't take any more, but it should be a choice. Okay? I have no problem with people not taking it. But when people take what's happening uh, in our society with the coronavirus and turn it into some kind of a theological debate, then it's time to come out and defend the fact that the mark of the beast has nothing to do with that. It doesn't. Okay? It doesn't. Nothing to do with the Antichrist. Uh, in fact, the first statement I made was, that it's something that is an identifying mark of the Antichrist. Okay? The Antichrist has to be on the scene for that to take place with him behind it, and um, I don't think that's happened yet. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578. To be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emmy Moss. Call a neighbor, call a friend. We're dealing with probably one of the most important things to deal with now. All of theology is important. But definitely in these last days, we need to know what the Bible says about the future, right, and how to deal with things and interpret what's happening in our world uh, correctly. And uh, whatever you think about the vaccine, the coronavirus, and all that, understand it is not the mark of the beast. I do believe that a person has a right to do what they want with their own body. I have written letters for church members who wanted uh, to uh, get a religious exemption from it. Fine. But all I'm saying is, it's not the mark of the beast. Okay? Not the mark of the beast. Point number four, the mark will be easily recognized and not questioned. That's right. The mark of the beast. It will be recognized and not questioned. Okay? Okay? Number five, the mark will be received voluntarily and not given through trickery or uh, of okay? The mark will be received voluntarily. Okay? It's not going to be deceived through trickery. No one will be deceived be tricked into getting the mark of the beast. Understand that, okay? It's really going to become clear uh, on tomorrow's program, right? The mark will be received voluntarily and not given through any kind of trickery. Everybody who takes the mark of the beast takes it voluntarily. However, there will be a penalty, okay? And that penalty is not losing your job either. If you don't take the mark of the beast, you are, you cannot, first of all, number one, you can't carry on any commercial transactions. Secondly, you can be killed. That's right. Now, that's what the mark of the beast is all about. The mark of the beast is associated with a man, okay, okay? with a man, not with medicine. Okay? It's associated with the Antichrist. So if I'm wrong about any of this, call and tell me. Area code 866-423-9568. We're taking a break, and we'll be right back. I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO of Wesley Financial Group and timeshare cancellation advocate. I was sued by the largest timeshare company in federal court for simply helping people cancel their timeshare that they had been lied to about. The jury sized me up and came back with a verdict after only 20 minutes. And, yes, I won. 
My husband and I are more than grateful to everyone at Wesley Financial Group. You know, thanks to Chuck and his team, we feel as though a weight has been lifted and we can move on without the worry of a troublesome timeshare. Whether you owe ten dollars to $250,000 on your timeshare, it's my mission to get you out of your timeshare, eliminate your payments, and get them off your back permanently. Give my office a call today. I guarantee if we take you as a client, we will cancel your timeshare contract or you'll pay nothing. Get the facts. Call Wesley now for your free information kit. 800-837-5050. That's 800-837-5050. 800-837-5050. What if I told you you could save a baby's life for just $28? Well, it's true. Preborn is a ministry doing just that with the help of people like you by offering free ultrasound sessions to pregnant girls and women who might otherwise end their pregnancy. We know that pregnant girls and women who can see their babies on ultrasound are far more likely to choose life. Your gift today can save babies' lives. Just $28 can give a mother who is abortion vulnerable the chance to see the truth of what's happening in her body. $140 can save five babies. And a $15,000 one-time gift can provide an ultrasound machine that will save babies for years to come. Whether you want to save one baby or five or a hundred, that opportunity is just a click or phone call away. Call 833-850-BABY, 833-850-BABY, 833-850-2229, or click on the preborn banner at faithtalkdetroit.com. Dell Wamsley explains how he found that speck of light that got him into the lifestyle. I had a guy who used to come into the health club every day and work out for four hours a day, sit in the jacuzzi, swim, play racquetball, was happy, looked great, tan all the time. And one day I just asked him, what do you do for a living? And he said, Dell, I own real estate. Well, do you own real estate? Register for our live online free workshop and find out how you can get all the things you want out of life with passive income. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Brought to you by Lifestyles Unlimited. Rejuvenate in Birmingham's favorite day spa, Spa Mariana. Guests can enjoy an array of mind, body, and spirit treatments, which include one-on-one meditation classes, foot soak rituals, healing beyond relaxation facials, and their most popular massage by far, the Spa Mariana Signature Massage. Spa Mariana utilizes botanical-based products derived from Mother Nature herself, guaranteeing your skin and body will be glowing and nurtured. You can find a beautiful event space perfect for bridal and bachelorette parties or corporate events. Their couple retreats encompass many of their most popular experiences, which is accompanied with complimentary chocolate and champagne in their luxurious couple suite. Offering $25 off your first treatment of $100 or more, they welcome you to prepare for an extraordinary experience. Visit their website at spamariana.com for more treatment details and reservation availability. Or you can call 248-792-2050. You're listening to FM 92.7 and AM 1500 WLQV Faith Talk Detroit in Odyssey Station. Number to call, area code 86-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air. Bible Talk with Pastor Emmy Moss, looking at the facts about the mark of the beast. The facts about the mark of the beast. Now, I want to say something. However you feel, whatever you feel about the vaccinations that are being given uh, for the uh, the coronavirus and all of that, 
whether you are for or against, it still has nothing, absolutely nothing to do with the mark of the beast. Trying to clarify that. Because many have been teaching it. I've heard it taught from some pulpits that uh, the, the uh, vaccine, uh, taking the vaccine is the mark of the beast. Wow. What Bible does it say that in? The Bible does not teach that at all. Okay? And so I've been running uh, through some set things to make it clear what are the facts of the mark of the beast. We've looked at a number of them. Okay? And I think mentioning uh, number six, where we left off that, would be good to mention again, where it says the mark will be necessary for conducting, now listen to this, commercial transactions. Okay? Notice it says the mark will be necessary for conducting commercial transactions. That's true, and that's what the Bible says, not medical transactions. Okay? Um, the mark of the beast, given, which will be given, by the way, by the Antichrist, has nothing to do with any, uh, you know, medical transactions at all. Okay? So I was just shocked. I could not believe that so many people were saying this, and it was being uh, preached from pulpits. If I'm wrong, then just show me how. Next point, number seven, the mark will be universally received by non-Christians. Non-Christians would accept it okay? and reject it by Christians. Why? Because if you take the mark of the beast, that means that you're saying that you do not worship Jesus anymore. You are worshiping the Antichrist. That's what taking that mark means, right? So, uh, so clearly, that is the purpose of it. But notice once again, Nothing in the Bible says anything about any kind of medical or coronavirus or anything like that being attached to it. Okay? Uh, and it's amazing how that has swept uh, many in the church, but the Bible does not back it up, uh, in my estimation at all, okay? unless somebody else can call and tell me why. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578, to be on the air. Bible Talk with Pastor Henry Moss. Give me a call if you uh, you don't agree with me. If you do agree with me, you can call as well. I'd like to discuss this with you. The mark of the beast, what is it? What does the Bible say that it is? Because that's all that matters. Not what men say, not what preachers say, but what the Bible says, right? So I'm looking here at how I believe the mark of the the beast is described, and then we'll dissect this uh, uh, tomorrow on uh, this program, God willing. Notice, the next point is this, number eight, number eight, the mark is a sign of worship and allegiance to the Antichrist. Notice that, that's what it is. The mark, the mark of the beast is called, is a sign of worship and allegiance to the Antichrist. Not to medicine, not to some kind of virus, not a vaccine, yeah. I mean, it's just not. It's a sign of worship and allegiance to the Antichrist, yeah. And that's what the Bible says. And there's nothing about anything that's happening medically now that qualifies to fit the definition of being the mark of the beast. Yeah. Uh, wow. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. This is Luke Hammett. By now, you've all heard me talk about my pillow, and now Mike Lindell has just announced that our listeners will receive one of his books. 
What are the odds? From crack addict to CEO. Absolutely free with any purchase using the promo code LUKE. It's a great time to buy his warm and wonderful My Slippers. They are designed to wear indoor and outdoor all day long. They're made with My Pillow foam and impact gel to help prevent fatigue and made with quality leather suede. For a limited time only, Mike Lindell is offering 50% off on all my slippers. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use the promo code LUKE. You will also get deep discounts on all my pillow products, including some overstock products such as individual towels, blankets, comforters, and so much more. Call 800-861-6525 and use the promo code LUKE. That's 800-861-6525 and use the promo code LUKE at checkout. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Attention pastors, save the date, Thursday, April 28th is Faith Talk Detroit's Pastor Appreciation Luncheon, our free special event to honor and thank you for your service to the community, will be held at the San Marino Club. Register at faithtalkdetroit.com and enjoy fellowship, fantastic food, and inspiring insights from Abdu Murray, speaker, author, and president of Embrace the Truth International. Pastors, set aside time to join me, Abdu Murray, at Faith Talk Detroit's Pastor Appreciation Luncheon on Thursday, April 28th. I'm thrilled for the opportunity to celebrate with you and to hear and share messages of encouragement. Hope to see you there. Pastors, this event is just for you with uplifting words of empowerment and edification from your peers in ministry. Pastor Appreciation Luncheon is free for pastors, but you must register to attend. Visit faithtalkdetroit.com to reserve your ticket. Sponsored by A.J. Desmond & Sons Funeral Directors. This is Life Issues with Brad Mattis, president of Life Issues Institute. Before abortion was legalized, pro-abortion activists claimed tens of thousands of women died from illegal back alley abortions. One of those people, Dr. Bernard Nathanson, later admitted those numbers were totally false. According to the U.S. Vital Statistics, only 39 women died from illegal abortions the year before Roe v. Wade. Today, the extreme pro-abortion organization called Occupy Democrats claims the same outrageous numbers. They also claim Roe was the end of women dying from abortions. This is another lie. Hundreds of women have died from legal abortions since Roe. And those are only the reported ones. Most go unreported. Abortion advocates will say and do anything to keep the lucrative abortion industry humming along while women and their babies suffer. Like us on Facebook at Life Issues and stay informed, more informed than you've ever been. That number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578. To be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emmy Moss, still time for you to call. But if you're going to call, you better hurry up because I don't have much time as I'm dealing with the facts about the mark of the beast. And by facts, I mean the biblical facts, Um, not the things that I've heard, like it's the mark of the beast and all of that. And nothing could be further from the truth. It is not. Uh, And as we go down this list, we see why not. Because the Bible clearly says, uh, uh, number eight on my list, the mark is a sign of worship and allegiance to the Antichrist. That's what it is. That is the nature of the mark of the beast. Okay? So it seems obvious that for that to be the case, the Antichrist must be on the scene. 
And guess what? As far as we know, he's not on the scene yet. Okay? So the mark is a sign of worship and allegiance to the Antichrist. Right? Uh, number nine, all those who receive the mark are unsaved and going to hell. That's, that's exactly right. Okay? That's exactly right. All those who receive the mark are unsaved and going to hell. Uh, how does that equate with a vaccination that people are getting? Uh, I don't understand it. Yet there have been people who have believed this. It's been taught by pastors. Uh, and But there's no teaching in the Bible that can be given to substantiate. Now, understand how you feel about the vaccine that's your business. Okay? I think that it is too intrusive, making people uh, uh, get uh, something that they don't want. If you feel that for any reason... Uh, that what uh, someone is uh, introducing in your body through medicine, that it's wrong for you to, uh, you know, uh, your, your body is the temple of God, you don't want it in you, fine. You should have that right. But don't say that the vaccines that are given uh, in the coronavirus are the mark of the beast, because biblically that could not be more further from the truth. Right? Uh, then number nine, it says, well, this is, um, we have two more, nine and ten, all those who receive the mark are unsaved and going to hell. Now, there's someone who disagrees with me on that. John MacArthur, great man, love his books. But John MacArthur says that if you take the mark of the beast, it's possible for you to repent. Okay? He said that. It's possible for you to repent. Okay? Well, I don't believe that's so. I think that the Bible says that all those who receive the mark are unsaved and they are going to hell. If you take the mark of the beast, you're done. Okay? I really believe the Bible says that. Okay? Then, number 10, the false prophet promotes the mark of the beast. Okay? Uh, no false prophet decides behind the coronavirus in the vaccine, so that can't be true. Okay? So these are the things that are out there. Tomorrow, I will give you the biblical support for all of this, okay? for all of this. So make sure you stay tuned tomorrow. If you have any questions, you can call them in. This is Pastor Moss. Saying God bless you, and we'll see you next time.
sponsored by Bible Boot Camp Ministries. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.